got somewhere that time. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 64 of the Music Guy podcast, the podcast about a couple of guys just trying to make our way in the music industry. Coming at you from the beaches, downtown Toronto, Ontario. My name's Al Rowe. I'm a music guy. I sing, I write songs, I make records, I play guitar. And my friend, Michael Hebbs, coming at you from Whitby, Ontario, is also on the line here. A fellow music guy, plays guitar, sings backup vocals, makes music. And can we tell people your exciting news or not yet? Because it's um, not confirmed. It's not like official, but I might have a like a pretty decent gig on a cruise ship for a few months. More details to come if it's yeah. confirmed. But uh, yeah. Super exciting, though. I like that. I've never been. I was like, I've seen the ocean once in my life. Never been across the ocean. It's you know, so it'll be cool. Yeah, and when you when you told me that you had this opportunity, like I, I was super excited for you. It's so it's 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 almost perfect in a way right yeah. now. Um, assuming that it can all go down, you know, safely, and of course it would be all above yes. board if it does happen. The only concerns are like. You know, are the are the uh, government regulations going to change? Um, but it's one of those things where it's like once you're on the boat, you know, if you get screened before you go on, and and that all process is is done properly, then once you're on the boat, you just stay on. You don't you don't exactly ever it. get off. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then it's kind of its own little bubble there. So a very um, fun bubble. In theory, it it should yeah, exactly. Yeah, in theory, it should work out super well, and it's just perfect because, like, normally, we you know, taking like three or four months to do a contract like that, you'd really have to weigh it against. Well, man, I'm, I'm gonna have to sub out of all these gigs. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to sub out all this teaching. I've, you know, and, and with where most of us are at right now, it's just like great. I had nothing planned. So that was the thing. It's like, oh man, like. You know, like, you cool to do this sort of thing? I know it's, you know, a, a long thing. And I'm like, I, like, I don't even need to check my calendar. I have nothing going on in my life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing. Exactly. Nothing and nowhere yeah. to be. Nowhere to be. Or no, what is it? Nowhere to go. Oh, that magic feeling, you know? I was uh, thinking of... It's um, a Beatles tune. Of that John Mayer song, uh... Something lonely, perfectly lonely. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, perfectly lonely. That's a great track. Yes, it is. Yeah. So we'd like to thank everybody for checking out this show. We're going to be talking songwriting today. I was on the Dave Woods Stories, Songs, and Six Strings live stream. Say that ten times <laughs> fast. On the In the Country with Dave Woods Facebook page, uh, Dave does a, a weekly stream with four different Canadian artists from all around the country. It's a bit of a songwriter's round. We play, you know, one song each one at a time and go around three to four times. So so a, a traditional sort of songwriter's round, if you will. And I was fortunate enough to be invited to do the one this week, and that helped a lot because I was able to promote my new single, I'm yes. Not Lost. Plug, 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 plug. Everybody go check that out, please. It would help me a lot. That guy just does so much for everybody. I want to see, I want to see if like he's saying, "Oh, I should do a video show." I want to see that show. He does so much for everybody. Yeah, he's a cool dude, uh, and the show is great. Like, if you want to see what the scene is like, 
And also, too, yeah, you got a fucking single out. So now you have, like, clips of you playing and being like, yo, what's 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 the name of your single again? I missed it. I wasn't listening. <laughs> it's called I'm Not Lost. It's oh. the also the theme of this very podcast. If you so. want to see where that build yeah. ends up on, you know, what, what happens yeah. afterwards. You want to see where that, that goes. It's just like you've been watching the trailer to a movie every episode of this uh, podcast. Times. You get to finally see the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta check it out. 64 times, yeah. Help, help your buddy out. So, yeah, big shout out to Dave. Go go follow uh, In the Country with Dave Woods on Facebook. Yeah. It's got a great podcast. And on Instagram. And a great podcast available on SoundCloud, I believe. And, yeah, Dave's just, like, you. you I mean, you said it, Mike. Like, he's just such a... Uh, such a giver so generous and just like wants to help out and just wants to support the scene and there's a great group of people that follow his show and there was a live chat as we were all playing and everybody was very positive and the whole thing just feels great i got to meet three other artists amanda jean justine blanchett and uh greg bulger you know just getting to hang out with all these artists playing tunes and and people are super supportive and they want to sort of show up and see what what what's on the you know absolute cutting edge of like what what people are writing and what new artists yep. are doing right now so it's a really cool show and um and dave asked me at one point because he sort of does these little hits with each artist on the show he'll say hey you know i know you know about this topic so i'm going to ask you about this before you play your tune you know just to sort of set things up and so he it comes around to me he says al do you think songwriting is something that can be taught Ooh. And my immediate response was, this sounds like a podcast episode to me. Yeah. Like, do you want to just talk about this all night instead of playing tunes? And we kind of laughed about it. But it's a deep question. Um, and so it got me thinking, why don't we just do a podcast about this? And I think I've got some useful tips and, and maybe theoretical stuff that might help people out there if they're sort of looking to expand their craft a little <sighs> bit. Um, so we're going to get into that, and I'm very excited to do so. But before we do that, got to shout out that Patreon. Oh, Patreon.com slash Music Guy Podcast. It's just light now. Um, if you'd like to support the, the show directly, that's the place to do it. There's lots of real cool, cool perks there, including one-on-one lesson time with uh, Mike or myself. So we really do appreciate it. If you'd like to support the show, it could be as little as uh, about a dollar an episode. Uh, go on and check out patreon.com slash music guy podcast. There's a link to it as well, right on our Facebook page. And we really appreciate anybody who's been, uh, everybody who's been checking that out. The uh, highest tier is called only for fans. Uh, and it gets you <laughs> cuddle time with me or Al by the hour. So <laughs> Al's got very soft skin. Hourly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And access to a lot of, uh, different motels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need motels to cuddle. You can cuddle in public. I feel well, like that would be... I guess that's true. Yeah. That would, uh, well, not right now. True that. True that. <laughs> uh. So, um, thank you very much. If you are going over and, and check out the Patreon, we, we appreciate the support. Yeah. Uh, but the show is always going to be free, so fear not. Um, you'll always be able to listen to our ramblings if you so choose. Uh, let's get into it. Can songwriting be taught? Um, my initial reaction in my head when I was asked that question was no, but then my second reaction in my head was like, well, of course you can learn to do anything yeah. and you can, 
in theory, you could teach anybody to do anything if you can sort of start from a place of something they currently know and build towards the thing that they're trying to learn, right? So, um, I, yeah, I believe that it can be taught. Do I think that, like, there's a songwriting course, there's a songwriting lesson that you could take? I don't know. I mean, they exist. Are they useful? Maybe a little bit. I don't think it's quite the same as, you know, taking lessons on an instrument where you're sort of starting from the fundamentals of like learning what each note is and how to play it and then learning what a scale is and how to play that. And all that stuff is going to lend towards your songwriting at some point. But teaching the actual craft of songwriting is really interesting to consider. Um, I think, and this is the reaction that I, or this is the answer that I gave was, that I think you learn the most from from doing, yeah, uh, and, and doing with others. So writing with other people and being in the room with people who are great songwriters, you're going to sort of absorb a lot of that um, energy and experience from them because songwriting is more of an approach or like an energy or like an activity sure. than playing an instrument, which is, and I get that songwriting is a craft and I don't want to take it away from that. But when I look at playing an, an instrument as a craft, you know, you're learning, <laughs> you're literally learning your craft note by note, fret by fret or key by key or whatever. And there are and sort of too. figuring out all the different the things, all the different things that, yeah. you know, you can do on that instrument and learning all the styles and all that kind of stuff. Um, where I, I do agree that songwriting is a craft, I think it's a little bit more of a a social sort of thing. It's a, it's a gathering sort of thing. It's like people, I mean, so a lot of people write alone as well, but I think if you're co-writing, it's, it's more about getting together, trying to do it, uh, and most importantly, trying to be open to the different ideas in the room. So my first point towards this is the yes and approach, which you we talked about this. a couple couple shows ago. I do. I, I think it's such a perfect approach for 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 life in general, but especially for, for songwriting. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, um, for those who are, sorry, you're going to hear me explain this again, but for, for those who, who aren't familiar, the yes and approach is... If we're thinking about improv comedy, uh, I'm sure this applies to other things as well. But but if we're doing a doing an improv skit, as Mike said on the previous episode, I'm in a bagel shop, <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's my job then as the you know the next person to to introduce something to build on what Mike just said. Uh, so you never want to reply to somebody in improv with something negative. You never want to say no. You never want to say, I don't know. I, you know, you don't want to sort of shut down whatever they just put out there. You want to use that and you want to build it towards something else. So I think in songwriting, um, you want to build on the, the stuff that you like that you're hearing in the room, right? So if somebody comes in and they've got a song 50% done or they've got a chorus but they don't have any verses or anything like that and, you know, you're, you're hearing the chorus and you're like, okay, like – I, I don't really love this part, um, you know, but I, I actually really like this part. It's like rather than um, 
saying, yeah, that first line, I don't really like that. Like, rather than starting from that energy right there that I just put out, which is a... It's a negative statement. There's no denying that. Saying that you don't like a certain part, yep. right? Um, you know, that's going to sort of introduce a certain energy into the room where this person's now maybe going to feel a little bit defensive, uh, especially if they're a newer songwriter. They're going to probably take it personally. If they're a more experienced songwriter, not not quite as much. But what are they, what are they supposed to do with that? Yep. Okay, you don't like this line. Like, what do you want me to do, right? But if you sort I'll of say, okay, better. but this last line in the chorus... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just... Write it better. Don't you know? give up on me. <laughs> if you really like the last line of the chorus, it's got a really catchy melody or something. You know, one of the things that I'll often do in a, a writing session is I'll try to, I'll be like, man, this that melody's super strong. Like, what if we did something similar to that yeah. with the first line of the chorus? Maybe, maybe that involves changing one word or two words or something, but we can use the same lyric. But if we sing it like this, I really think that would sound really cool. And now we're building... Um, towards something, right? Or like taking that, that melody that you really enjoyed and maybe using part of it or whatever to start a verse idea uh, or you know using the, a certain chord progression that they played that you really thought was great but didn't necessarily fit in the chorus for you. Okay, well, maybe it could be a verse. So always yes and, always building uh, towards you know the next idea. Speaking of this, I, I actually had like... I'm not a songwriter, uh, and I want to work on it purely out of, like, career interest, though. You know, the craft of songwriting, it appeals mm. to me, um, you know, expressing myself, but I'm, I am not a person to express myself. <laughs> it's just not what I do, especially with <laughs> words. Um, yeah. But I right. had, not my first songwriting session, but my first, like, we are songwriting, we're getting together to songwrite, and it's with... Um, Remember my friend's dad that I told you about, the one who used to work for work in advertising, um, and he got me a few gigs, you I know, doing remember. music for okay. for some commercials and stuff like that, and advertisements. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. So he was yep. essentially what I didn't know. He was essentially fucking the creative director for this company. So he was essentially, if you ever watched Mad Men, he was Don Draper minus being not a good Sweet. dude. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, so. It's, he said it's very similar with songwriting because he's been songwriting sort of his whole life. He's always just kind of been a songwriter. He's never cut anything or anything. But um, he said it's a lot like, you know, because he was the creative director, he'd be with the client uh, or with his other people brainstorming and, and having ideas. And he said the exact same thing. You're never going to be like, oh, it's stupid. Because you're just trying to get things moving. You know what I mean? Uh, trying to get yes. people's guards down so that they don't feel afraid to say something. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, so, like, it was really cool to see the the symmetry between that, you know, because they're the same with them. They're trying to come up with something creative. They're trying to make something out of nothing. And, you know, you may bring up something mm-hmm. that's dumb, like, what if the baby had an iPhone? I don't know why that's dumb. Uh, but that, that might, <laughs> you know, um, spark something else. You know, completely unrelated. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't even think there could be a baby in this. Okay, perfect. You know, and then that's how Caillou was yeah. created. <laughs> Great show. And you want people to feel like they can put those ideas out there. Yeah. Right? The last thing you want is for somebody in the room to be, you know, it constantly filtering themselves and being like, 
I don't know. This idea might suck. They might not yep. like this idea. That's they might not. I, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Whereas, you know, one of their best ideas or, you know, especially in writing lyrics, like sometimes you say some pretty personal stuff yeah. lyric wise and that can be some of the most powerful stuff. And if people are not feeling like they can share on a very open level like that, you're going to lose those ideas. And the one thing that you can never have too many of, I don't think, in a songwriting session are, are ideas. That's what you're constantly running out of. That's when the, the energy sort of starts to, to drop a little bit in the room as everybody sort of quiets down and starts thinking about what the next lyric is. Like, you're always waiting for that next idea. So being ready to uh, jump on and support whatever the next idea is rather than jump on and shoot down yeah. <laughs> whatever the next idea is is absolutely crucial and i think you'll learn that and you'll see that with the people who if you're so, so lucky as to get into the room with with somebody who's really written a lot of great tunes you'll you'll feel very comfortable around them you'll feel very comfortable sharing ideas they'll share a lot of ideas and and the vibe will be very positive it won't be super There'll be a lot of laughing, hopefully, like a very yeah. laid back kind of thing. It's not going to be like a super serious, um, you know, business style meeting because that's not what's going to generate the most yeah. uh, creativity, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So aside from from the yes and, which we could probably just end the episode there because that is the most important thing I can I can I think could give to anybody in terms of advice on songwriting. Um, but I will say that. Knowing a few chords on an instrument is definitely a really good place to start. Sure. I don't know if that goes without saying, but there are a lot of people who write songs who don't really play an instrument, um, and there's a lot of people who don't even sing and they just they just write lyrics. Dave Woods. And there's been some very famous people who have who have done that. Dave Woods himself is a person who does that, uh, and you know that's a great um, place to be as well. But I do think that being able to strum a few chords, maybe you only know G, D, and C and E minor on guitar, but like that's going to get you somewhere where you can sort of start to uh, experiment with different chord progressions and melodies. And, and I think if you're just kind of uh, – I think you're sort of – you're leaving equity on the table, I guess you could say, in your songwriter life if you don't mess around on some instruments so i would strongly encourage even people out there who maybe don't feel like they're they can play or that they're ever going to be a great player of any sort of instrument you know not only are you going to sort of give yourself a uh a little bit of knowledge in terms of hanging with other people in the room who do play and be like well actually i really like the sound of this chord mm. and knowing what that is or like when the guitarist goes to a c and you know what that looks like and you could be like oh yeah i really liked how you played c there instead of whatever rather than being like yeah that chord you played like a few chords ago that was really good and then you know you have to sort of yeah. and that's fine too i mean you can go through that but i just mean it makes it a little bit um easier to sort of get uh, communicate and get through things but on top of that if you're playing that instrument at home maybe by yourself or whatever that's going to get you inspired right you're going to find a cool sound that you really like and be like oh man i really love the sound of playing e minor and c like i could just do that all night and then you 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 know you come up with some cool lyrics or cool rhythm or something so i would really recommend just getting to getting some basic chords going on an instrument of your choice and then building from there like try to learn a new chord every day it's it's yep. fun. There's On guitar, cool there's not ones, too many you know? two that are like, you know, like, I, I would imagine there's like 12 chords that, you know, if you knew them, you could play pretty much any song. 
on acoustic guitar. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and we've... There's a, a podcast episode that we did about the, the caged system Ooh, on guitar, which... Ooh, baby! With the help of your capo, if you know how to play the, in the keys of C, A, G, E, and D, you can get everything done with, with a capo and just those chords. So like you said, probably about 12 yeah, co- yeah. different chords. Yeah. You know, all told. Just because there's some outliers, there's like fucking B, B7, you know? It's like B7 is like almost yeah. a B, and like... B's pretty hard yeah. for people, you know? B7 usually yeah. does it. Yeah, that's right. Never liked playing B7. I don't... It sounds yeah. weird to me. Yeah, it does. It does sound the guitar a bit strange. I don't, um, I've never liked it. What about G7? G7 sucks. G7? Yeah, G7 sounds gross to me. Like, like the open voicing G7. Like, a open G7, G7 chord yeah. is fine, you know? But as an open sure. chord, it's pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of kind of muddy and rubby. So... Basic chords. It's a good thing. The other thing that I think you're going to pick up from writing with others, so I guess tip number one should have been write with others because I think mm. that's super, super important. But another tip you're going to get from writing with others, uh, something that you're going to absorb is is perseverance, right? Coming coming at it um, with, a, you know, like repetitiously, like being like, I'm going to try to write every day. For an hour, hour a day, I'm going to sit down, try to write something. Or, you know, if you're co-writing with people, it's like every week at this time on this day, we get together and we try to write songs. Having that structure, having that, you know, stick to itness, coming back, even if you have a, a session where you didn't really get anything done, it's like being, um, being willing to keep coming back and keep trying is super, super important. And I think that's another thing that it's like, it's not really something you can teach somebody. Like even me just sitting here being like, yeah, be more perseverant. Is that even a word? Like persevere more. It's like, you don't really get anything yeah. out of that. I mean, maybe some people do, but I think it's, you know, feels like that's just words and that's, that's it. But when you hang out with people who are absolutely relentless and they just write every day or they write every week and they just don't stop, they always have ideas. They're always trying to do the yes and thing. They're always trying to generate new ideas. They never get discouraged. They never seem to get dis- discouraged or distracted or whatever. That's a, sort of an energy that you'll, I think you'll pick up on and, ad- you know, adopt yourself a little bit more than me just sitting here saying persevere. But I do think that is a, an important quality of people who write great songs is they're willing to write um, – you know, a hundred bad songs to get one yeah. good one. Not that it always takes that long, but um, it, it is kind of funny. Like if I, if I could just interrupt, but like it seems like once again, I would be guilty of this as well. I literally tried to write. I tried to write some songs myself to get better at songwriting, and I gave up like halfway through three of them. You know what I mean? Like I didn't actually write any yeah. of them. I just started three different ones. But like it seems like when people go to record, they have like five songs and they want to record four of them. And it's like you're dropping so much money on, you know, four songs that are, you know, not necessarily your best. Like you said, if you write 20 songs and then, you know, you choose four of them, you're going to have better songs, you know. Um, Mm. That's what the Red Hot Chili Peppers apparently do. Well, they actually apparently they record 50 songs because they have a ton of money. Uh, like Andrew wow. Sheps gets yeah. together with them, records 50 songs, and then they choose like 10 of them to be on the album, which is like super smart. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're seeing them through all the way to the end, so they have yeah. every opportunity to become great, and if they don't, then they don't. But we can't afford yeah, that. Yeah, that's impressive. God, no. But you could but, write. Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's like, if you're coming out, if you're coming into your record with six tunes, and they're the only six tunes you've ever written, yeah, you're right. The chances of them all being as good as possible are are. are are low. They're 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 not they're not probably not going to be the best uh, your best work, right? So I think there's something to be said for like if a song doesn't get finished, then it shouldn't have gotten finished. You know, like some songs just aren't really happening and they don't get done, and you move on to something new. Sure. Um, but I do think there is value in going back to things and revisiting them and being like, man, I thought this course was banging but we just couldn't get anything else going on like can we try and make this thing happen sure um maybe take it to a different group of people to write with or whatever and try to make it happen um but you know i've i mean i've got more unfinished songs than i can count so i i I do agree that there's importance in sort of seeing things through and and finishing things um i don't know quite where i stand on this because sometimes i think you know i just gotta let go of something if it's not happening sure move on to the next Try, don't try to force I, it. Yeah, but, I, I, you know, that is tough, right? Because yeah, you don't want it to hold you back, but you don't want it to become like a habit where it's like, well, you know, I just I write a song every day, but I don't actually write a song. I like get started on a song, you know, like that. That yeah. is true. That's hard. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, if you can sort of, I think it's more important just putting the time in and coming yeah. coming into it with an open mind and coming back to it with a that the. Uh, somebody said, I think it was on this show, that they were quoting Ed Sheeran that like songwriting is like a tap and you just run it and get all the bad stuff out until <laughs> the good stuff starts coming. And I can't remember who said that, but I believe that was an Ed Sheeran thing. And that really stuck with me. It's just like you, you, I think you just got to keep coming back to it and, and keep working on it. Now, one thing that's going to happen is... You're going to get into patterns or you're going to get stuck. You're going to get writer's block. You're going to feel like you keep writing the same song over and over again, whatever whatever it might be. Um, I've heard a lot of people recommend this. I've found this to be pretty helpful, writing on different instruments. So if you ah. always write on an acoustic guitar, for example, that's very – I mean even switching to a different acoustic guitar might be enough. Sure. But like if you're always writing on acoustic guitar – you're always going to be going for the same chord voicings, the same progressions, what have you. So changing it up, if you do sort of dabble with a, something like piano or uh, ukulele uh, would be another one because it's kind of like guitar, but all the chords are different. Uh, the shapes are all the same, but the chords are all different chords. Um, or, and this is sort of like a sub thing here, but like, writing in different tunings. And we were kind of talking about this with oh, Dave Chow in the yeah. last episode. You know, tune your guitar to open C or slack G or whatever these some of these crazy tunings are and then see what you what you come up with, right? Because now you're you're taking yourself out of those same, you know, sure. pathways that your brain always wants to follow. It's like, "Oh, well, you know, you know, I didn't have access to this particular chord voicing." before because the tuning didn't allow for it but now that I, now i can actually play you know whatever it is like some cool open strings in this chord and now it sounds like yep. this and i can move it over here and then it sounds like this and then you know i think that can really help 
uh, spark some ideas, spark some cre- creativity. Oh, oh I have a, I, I have an inter- interjection. Speaking of songwriting and kind of what you to what you're saying, there's a guy named I believe his name is George Whitehead. I'm gonna get his name after this, but he does a lot of songwriting. He was like the track guy for like Kelsey Ballerini. Um, so you were saying playing other oh, instruments. Sweet. And uh, he said a big part of that is like making a loop and then writing a song with it. You know what I mean? So you could do that same okay. thing if you could, if you have access to a drum machine or a, like my beat pad was like fucking $70 and just plunking out a drum mm. beat or pulling up a loop with um, output arcade and then, you know, like literally just dropping nice. in a drum beat and then trying to write to that. That's like writing with a different instrument. You know what I mean? Because you're not writing yeah. with a guitar. Yeah. And there, there would be no chords. Well, maybe in the loop there's chords, but you know what I mean? That's, that's a really good point, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there, I mean, often now times there is a tracks guy or a laptop yep. person at the writing session throwing together a loop, throwing together a quick little track. And then, you know, at the end of the writing session, the, the singer will record a rough vocal on there and then they'll have a demo and then that you know that might be ready to pitch to artists or might be ready to take as a as a as a demo into a studio and do like a more fleshed out version so now more than ever i think the the electronic side of things is becoming uh, a real big creative tool so um i know there's a lot of people out there that would sort of uh, put up some resistance to using computers and technology Those people in a just, sort of a creative um, setting. <laughs> I'm like, just blanket statement. Those people are dumb. Well, I, I'm the only reason I'm saying that is because I've, I've been listening to some, some of the UBK happy fun time hour and yeah. they've, they expressed like a concern with the fact that people are always on their laptop and headphones to be creative and yeah. not ever like. But that's a good, you just know, what going you, out into the world and yeah. What you said trying though, to get inspired is like know? maybe writing on a laptop is your norm, and then you could go out into the fucking world mm-hmm. with a note notebook. Sometimes you know what I mean. Like you can't. Yeah. So like that that is a good point, but to just be like I can't write with a computer, it's like. Well, then you're just not going to be able to yeah. do certain things. No, yeah, and a lot of people, a lot of people are writing that way, and I think it's yeah. totally valid. Yeah. Oh, the name of that guy was uh, Forrest Glenn Whitehood, Whitehead, uh, and the name of the channel was Music City Playbook. Uh, he goes through how to sort of make loops, and he actually did a live songwriting session. Had like 15 people on his stream, like just random people you could join if you wanted to, and they wrote a song, and he sort of made beats, and they'd send him tracks, and it was really cool. It's really good to check out wow. Music City Playbook. That is Glenn cool. Whitehead. Sweet. Uh, I will. I will link that in the show notes. So I got a few other things written down here, and I think that if 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 I'm not reiterating myself too much, like I think the main things you want to focus on if you're if you're trying to become better at songwriting or trying to trying to write more is like number one by a lot is write with other people. Mm. Now, and then within that, number two is. Yes, and, and number three is perseverance. Keep coming back. Make it a regular thing. Schedule that time. Put it in your calendar. Keep coming back to it, and you will get the results eventually. I think it's one of those, it really is one of those activities where you just kind of have to keep throwing yourself at it until good things happen. Um, So, in terms of actual 
theoretical or like I guess you could call them technical tips I can give to there aren't really like a ton but but one that came to mind real quickly was uh cutting out little words and Mm. and I guess this could be looked at as just sort of simplifying your message so if we're talking about um obvious this most obviously applies to lyrics right if I'm saying the word you know and I thought you loved me is that that's my if if that's my line or whatever? Why is it starting with and? I could probably just take that out. I thought oh, you loved me. I see. Now that all of a sudden, uh, number one, it's it's easier to understand because you know vocally when you go to sing it in the studio or whatever, there's fewer words in there, so it's easier to understand. It hits harder in my opinion because you're starting with the word I instead of something before that, so you're you're coming out, you know vulnerable right away um and you know it just makes the the melody a little bit simpler uh and i think that as a general heuristic anytime we can cut out little words like and but so any of these tiny little words if they're not actually truly adding to the sentence that they're in because as human beings we use all of these tiny little words in everyday speech in order to sort of fill in the gaps while we're thinking about what we're going to say next or to tie two sentences together that don't actually really go together. But if you're telling a concise story or or giving a concise message, you probably don't need as many of those little words as you think. So I would look to um, try to cut those out where possible and I'm not saying it's always going to work, but I think as a general heuristic, it's pretty effective. Um, so something good to keep in mind because it can also open up melodic options to you that weren't there before. Hmm. You know, um, If you've got fewer syllables, usually that means that you'll be able to do the same melody, you know, maybe twice in a row, right? Like if your melody is ba 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 Da, 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 da. you know if that's only got you know five syllables available to it so if you're trying to fit within that and you've got six or seven syllables and one of them is and you can probably get rid of that you know <laughs> so this is something to consider it's like best practices yeah and yeah. i find myself as a, as a producer when i'm coaching singers making these changes after the fact um uh, okay. not after the recording's been done but you know after the song's been written when they come in and they're they're singing the song and they're like so i just wanted to call you and it's like okay can we take out that that so like i'm always looking for that as a producer and you know if the singer really doesn't want to take it out and they think it's really important to the song then sure that's that's okay but I, i find quite often that they're like oh okay yeah let's try that and then they try it and all of a sudden it feels better rhythmically it's easier to understand what they're saying it's Mm. a more potent message so something you can look to do um in the writing process now where this also applies a little bit less um obviously would be to the actual music part of the song so you know playing if your chord progression is like you know a minor f c g you know, ba bong, go bang, bang, dun, dun, dun. 
If that's your song, and then in the verse you go back to boom, boom, it's like, hold on, what if we cut two of those chords out and just went, you know, boom, boom, on the same chord, boom, 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 that could be your verse. Then your chorus could be bang, 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 bang. If any of this makes sense, but like, That's very it's like interesting. let's yeah. let's simplify. Yeah, because this is another thing that I, I I feel like I'm putting out there a lot in writing sessions. Is like, do we have to play four chords here? Can we play two? Can we play one? You know, because. If you've got a vocal that's going, oh, yeah. and you've got bang, 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 bang. there's a lot going on yeah. there, right? So sometimes lessening the number of different chords and maybe just sticking to one or two, all of a sudden now the ear of the listener is drawn straight to the vocal, they're hearing the lyrics more clearly. The melody doesn't feel like it's clashing as much. The song doesn't feel as busy. It feels more focused and and direct. So that's another sort of to build on the idea of cutting out the little words in the vocals. Like cut out some of the chords sometimes. It doesn't need to be chord, 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 chord. It could be chord and then chord. <laughs> so um, that's uh, that's I think two pretty good like technical like you said mike like best practices to sort of yeah see if you can do that as you're writing it's like maybe that'll help the part yeah i would love to um see i i wish we had resources of just a list of that you know like you can't really type in songwriting best practices on google's on google's uh but uh on the google's but you know what i mean like that would be handy because just like you said about oh the course is maybe going to have more chords that's a really good idea for when it's like, well, I want to make a chorus, but the chorus, I'm just hearing the same chords. It's like, well, maybe make the verse have less chords, and then when the chorus comes, that quick movement might be enough to be like, oh, it's the chorus. It's exciting. So that's a clever one. I'm sure that there's yeah. like a hundred things like that. Just like, oh, this is your problem? Then do that. And those are answers that I don't have because I'm not a songwriter. But that's neat. Sounds like a good... Good topic for a YouTube video, perhaps. Maybe yeah. I can make this yeah. more concise. This there podcast. you go. That's a great. Uh, that sort of takes me in, uh, to something else too. Is like trying to th- now. This is not always something that you're going to want to do because some of the best songs are the same chord progression throughout. But making your sections sound different from each other, uh, and, and like actively trying yeah. to do that. And I think this is one of the easiest ways. Just like you said, the chorus is a four chord progression. Make the verse a two chord progression and make them sure. change slower. And then all of a sudden now you've got separation from section to section and the whole song doesn't sound like the same thing. So, And then obviously in the bridge, you're maybe you're going to a new place uh, chord-wise. So, uh, and, that, and, that, and as you said that, I sort of said, yeah, that is something I'm always sort of thinking about in writing sessions. Mm. Like how can we make the chorus pop out a bit more and the verse feel more like a verse? And I think that's a real easy way to do that. Um, so... I got a couple more things here, and this is less a technical thing and just sort of a – I guess this is a a, a twofer. This is kind of the same thing. But number one is trust your instincts, Uh, and that can be hard to do, especially if you're – if you don't have a lot of experience and you don't 
pride yourself on your songwriting ability if you're sort of coming into it being like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I guess I'll just try this. Oh, I don't know if this sounds good, though. I, I should probably try to write something that sounds more like this artist sure. or this is a – we're trying to do a country song, so I should include the word truck in this song or like – you know what I mean? But if your instinct – that's your that's your analytical b- brain saying – this is this style, therefore I should do this. Your instinct, I think, is what's going to get you there more often than not because the greatest songs are just the ones that just make you feel sure something powerful as a listener. And it's hard to describe what that is all the time. Sometimes it's sometimes it's a, a sad song. It's a, a heavy song. It feel it hits you real hard, and like that's super effective. Sometimes the best party songs are they got the silliest lyrics in the world in them and sure. you would never like consider them to be serious music but like I you know I'm openly like a big LMFAO fan or at least yeah. when we were like making you know music. that song uh, like I thought was their stuff paper was planes? um oh god it I don't know if I trailer know that one. to Pineapple Express it, I maybe maybe okay. the band was paper planes same thing no fucking yeah. idea what the song's about it yeah. just makes me happy yeah, and it's just like, yeah, but this is this is awesome. And, and it, sometimes it's hard to know why that is. It's hard to analyze that and say, yeah. well, it's because they're using this this tempo and this chord progression. This lyrical and device for this. It's like, really makes sometimes it's just hard. a bunch of... Yeah. <laughs> sometimes right? there's, there's just a bunch of very complex, hard-to-decipher factors that are all coming together at the, at the right time in the yeah. right way. And it's just a feeling. It's just like, man, this is awesome. And that's what you want to be trusting. Um, not the, you know, well, it's got to be under three minutes. Otherwise, it'll never get anywhere on radio. It's like, sure. Well, you could kind of equate it to music theory. You know what I mean? Like, if you're writing a song and it's yeah, like, oh, this absolutely. chord, this chord shouldn't work, but it does. It's like, well, no, you can't put it in the song then. It's, it's not right. You know? And it's like, yeah. well, it feels good, so do it. If it feels good, do it. Uh, what's that's a the other great line? point. What? Even if you shouldn't, yeah, don't that's let a great song. Mess you around. Oh, I great love that track. Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those was the. You know what? One of those was for me was the uh, four of the key over the six minor. I think is the one that that like shouldn't work. If you're if you're playing the six oh. minor and you're singing a four of the yes. key, sure, sure, it's like. Uh, it's a it's a it's an avoid note. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a semitone above the fifth of the chord, yeah. so it's it's really rubs. And but there's a lot of songs that do that, and it's it actually sounds really good. And I, it wasn't until I tried to learn the song or something that I was like, oh my god, they're singing that yeah. note over that chord. And it's like, yeah, it Idiots. sounds great. It's like okay, but yeah. I learned in school that you're not supposed to do that. It's like it doesn't matter if it sounds good, if it makes you feel good, if it's doing the thing you're trying to do, then then you got to go with that. Yeah. And to that point, in trusting your instincts, I think it's really important to write about real stuff, uh, real subject matter, something that you really went through or really believe or you think is really funny or, you know, you could go at, come at songs in so many different directions. Yeah. But like one of my, one of my pet peeves, and I, I know this is unfair to make a generalized statement like this. But one of my pet peeves is when genres start writing music about themselves, about their genre. Sure. You know? So, like, the most famous song maybe of this would be, like, uh, 
and the the Beatles did it. I'm sure they weren't the first, but it's called rock and roll music. Just sure. Let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Da, 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 da. Yeah. That's a cool song, and like you hear that, in but funk it's like too. you're singing about, you know, I don't know. It's just there's something really cheesy to me personally, and yeah. this is just more of a me thing probably than a than an everybody thing. But you know, if you were to start singing about you know the electric guitar strumming in your rock song, you know, it's just like. Ugh. So, country like, music is so guilty of that. And I feel like... <laughs> like, like What's that? Country music is so guilty of that. Like, it's Yeah, started, country does it oh. a lot. And funk does it, though. So you, does hip-hop. You hear songs about the funk, and it's like, what the fuck is the funk? Yeah, that's true, it actually. Lame. It's lame. I, but, I agree it's lame. I, I, yeah, no, I would hate is, myself if I did that. It's an that. interesting thing to unpack, though, because the, the funk is like, it's like a culture maybe more than a... A musical style, but so is country. But you're music. right that that genre, that genre is all about just the genre itself. Yeah. But I mean, to be to be fair, funk lyrics are not usually very they're uh, not yeah, very yeah. complex or engaging, and that's kind of why I guess because the the music is just about itself. But yeah, I feel like genres kind of get to a point. Country is definitely there right now, um, where they're just talking about being country. Rather than actually singing, um, you know, yep. lyrics about a thing that happened, uh, or you know, you know, hip hop does that a lot. I think, um, I think all the genres are kind of guilty of it. And does I, that. I would just—they don't say pop, but they say like dancing, like dancing in the club. Yeah, and DJ music. a lot yeah. and stuff. And I mean, hey, a lot of these songs are super successful. So, oh you know, god, you know, don't take, fucking take take what I'm saying for for what it's worth, but. I, I think that uh, in my song, songwriting, I'm trying to touch lyrically on something that just feels that real, feels feels off. And but when I say real, like authentic to myself, yes. you know. So, so like, like, do you find that that helps you uh, write songs, or do you think that it's more difficult for you to write songs because they have to be about real things, or do they just turn out better because you are writing about a real deal? I think it's just uh, you may maybe I should have said authentic. Uh, uh, excuse me, authentic instead of real. But ju- yeah. it just to me, it ha- and this comes kind of comes part and parcel with the instinct thing. It has to feel to me that it's true to me. You got to write a song about that. Like I could stand behind this message. How crisp those Doritos are. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like how Subway is the best restaurant. Oh, you fucking. Know? No, like, man. Subway sucks. <laughs> I hate it so much. You love Subway? Uh, no, it's just people think I do. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Because to be I honest, eat, Doritos. I will eat there, but. Doritos are great. And if anybody fucking tells you oh, otherwise. they're so good. Yeah. They're full of shit. Yeah. Just like it's the person who was yeah. talking about no, not no. writing music with a, with a, with a computer, you know? With a laptop. I, yeah. I will drink Mountain Dew, straight wrong. eat Doritos, fucking write a song about yeah. it on my goddamn computer. Redeem a lot of uh, redeem a lot of codes for Call of Duty on Xbox doing that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like Mountain Dew, Doritos, like all those. Fuck yeah, <laughs> those are all Mountain Dew. Uh, what was it? Um, Code Red. It's actually yeah, gross. Yeah. I didn't like that one. Um, anyway, I don't drink pop, but but that is a thing. But yeah, so I think it's 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 about yeah, it's like either writing about real experience or writing about something that you you know would stand behind, uh, or if you're trying to write something that's that's funny or you're trying to write a party song, still try to find a way to inject some realness in the lyric. So sometimes I feel 
like I'll say something like we need to sort of tie this down to to earth somehow. We need to mm. ground this song somehow. So the, the you'll hear in some of the even some of the whatever like sort of silliest party songs or whatever that you, you maybe you're just like oh well this song's dumb because it's not a serious song or whatever. I like that music, but like you'll there will be things in the song that tie it to reality or make it relatable to people. Are you saying so I was listening to uh, Brothers Osborne song 21 Summer you know 21 yeah. Summer and he's essentially talking about hooking up with someone uh, he's talking about hooking up with someone but wishing you know maybe not wishing that it wasn't a hookup but you know like he like actually uses like a reference to like a thing that happened whether it happened to him or not yes. like so he's like oh you know that summer when that night in the summer when you pulled off those cut off jeans is that what you're talking about is like that makes it real yeah. that's like an actual yeah, thing exactly. yeah exactly it's a very sexy yeah. line. And and there will be Yeah, very a, a very visual, right? Yeah. There will be songs where I'm just googling the lyrics to this one right now. Is there will be songs where um you know, they're talking about being in love or they're talking about yeah. finding the one or they're talking about whatever. But th- you know, there's n- there's nothing grounding it. And it's exactly like, like you said, it's like something visual, something that you can see. And right about right off the bat with this tune, the first lyric is now and then I think about you now and then. So that, you know, isn't really getting us anywhere in terms of visuals. It's a yeah. feeling, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's it's nothing, you know, we can kind of relate to it, but it's like, okay, where are we going? Next lyric, when I see that Chevrolet. Yeah. Okay, well, now I'm picturing something. That's yeah. important. That certain shade of blue. Now I'm picturing a blue, yeah. you know, Chevy. And like now it, it's taking me into a scene and I mean, I have to assume that that line, a certain shade of blue, comes from some experience that yeah. the songwriter had. Why did they choose blue? Did they just choose it because it rhymed? No, because it didn't actually rhyme with any of the other lyrics in this in this song. As I'm reading it now, so it's you know, and then the next line, I hear that song, the one we sang all summer long, doesn't really kind of vague. Yeah. You know, that's why. It doesn't really do that, and and that's why you know you'll hear songs referencing other songs, which can be kind of cheesy sometimes. But like that gives you again something to relate to as a listener. What song? You know, was it you know it's "I'm awesome. on Fire" by Bruce St- Springsteen or something? It's like okay, well now I can relate to this. I yeah. get what yeah. you're talking about when you're saying like okay, this is the kind hack. of thing that you were feeling. Like, so what was that song? I fucking. Not this song bothers me. It's like an elitist thing. It's getting back to that episode. What's that fucking Kid Rock song where the song is just Sweet Home Alabama? <laughs> the song is just Sweet Home Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty That's another way of doing, doing it. Fucking, it's so cringy, though. Once again, though, elitism, the song did really well. Uh, and I mean, maybe it was the start of that. Or one of the first big ones. Werewolves of London was the actual loop in it, though, which I think was kind of interesting, wasn't it? Who? What? Werewolves of London by uh, Warren Zevon was the actual. Like, I don't fucking know that song. Uh, what is that fucking loop song? In in uh, he's got another fucking song in anyways, there. Yeah, we're, <laughs> I think so. Um, Jesus Christ! Anyways, but yeah, anyways, we're kind of getting off topic. But it's like try to put something in there that's that's yeah that's visual that people can relate to, or like doing something that people can relate to. Say like if you're just saying you know. You're, oh, we, you know, we stayed up all night partying. What can we add to that? Around a, around a bonfire. Yeah, yeah. 
or something. Like, what if it's, we what if we added that? It's like, okay, now in my as I'm listening to that, I'm picturing a time that I was around. Yeah. A, a fire. I've stayed up partying all night a lot of t- a lot yes. of times, right? But make it something that that that's gonna like carry some sort of weight as like a memory for you, and then I think more likely than not, that's gonna carry some weight as a memory for your listener. Yeah. Is this what um, writers say? Like actual like like not lyric writers, but like book writers, they say like um, like don't tell me something, like show me it. You know what I mean? Like don't be like it was nighttime mm. outside. You know, just mention in the paragraph. You know, oh yeah, like it. Uh, you know, like the moon was bright or something like that. And then you'll instead of yeah. hearing it was nighttime, you'll like deduce. Oh yeah, I guess it's kind of yes. like that. But absolutely, maybe not. I don't know. No, I think it is very much like that, like having some visuals in there. Nice. Yeah. Something that your that your your listener can can visualize and relate to. Yeah. And then furthermore, I think like writing about a real experience for you is going to come off as more genuine and people relate to genuine. They tune out things that seem phony to them. And people sure. are very good at oh. figuring out what's phony. Yes. So be real careful with that uh, and try to be as, as true to yourself uh, as you can with, with the music that you're writing. And maybe that's just – maybe it's as simple as you want to write songs that sound like your favorite bands. And yeah. you know what? Like go with, go with that then because that's you. Those, ba- those are bands that you love. If you, go, if you go at it from like, well, country is pretty popular right now, so I guess you should start trying to write country yep. songs – that is a path that I think leads to the dark side, the opposite of 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 what I'm, the the point that I am stumbling around trying to make here. No, uh, but yeah. anyways, that's sort of that's sort of my uh, my my thoughts there. It's a tough right thing about to talk about. Real, yeah. Trust your instincts. Yeah, it's tough because it's um, yeah. like as you said with the songwriting when you're teaching it, you, you you couldn't really be like this is the theory, you know? It's like. I, there's a word for it. I want to say it esoteric, but I don't think that's it. Once again, not good with words. Not a songwriter. I think it's the it's the approach, right? It's yeah. the mindset going yeah. in, and I think it comes right back to the yes and approach, the perseverance, the wanting to work with others, but like also knowing you know being true to yourself. And like in a co-writing situation, if if I'm writing a song with a country artist, it's going to be a country song, right? Yeah. That's okay. That doesn't mean I can't. You know, just because, like, I didn't grow up in a small town and, like, I can't. But the things that I'm going to be trying to offer to that song in the writing session are going to be things that feel good to me, feel true to me. Yes. And that could be that could be anything from just sort of choosing and wanting to build on a lyric that the artist wrote that feels to me to be very true to them. That's you know a what good I mean? Point. That I could build on that. You're almost right? lending them your or authenticity. But, and trying to maybe steer things uh, toward more towards that and if i feel like there's a lyric that feels a little forced or something that i might sort of try and shape that a bit it's like okay well you know yeah we're talking about this truck but like what kind of truck do you have or like what's your favorite kind of truck or like whatever oh okay well it's if it's a if it's a chevy whatever from 1970 whatever like those classic pickup yeah. trucks those things are so cool looking right it's like okay well now we've got you know it's a, it's a 71 blah 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 and then, and now you've got something rather than just saying oh that chevy that we drove across the country <laughs> in we drove across the country in, the, that car in a we 71 drove in. rag top blah 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 and it's like you could 
be so much more descriptive. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, somebody's got that car and they're like, this is sick. I'm going to listen yeah. to this song every day. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so, so I think you can like look to, and that's, I'm sort of all over the map here, but I think you can look to be more specific and worry less about reaching everybody and worry yeah. more about really reaching the people who your material really does resonate with. Also, I feel like you run less of a risk of ringing the anti-authenticity, uh, like, fake bell in your head, you know, if you're describing real things. Absolutely. You know, instead of just being yep. like, I like trucks, yeah. Jack Daniels. Um, there's, um, there's a song that I keep thinking of, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. I, I got, somebody turned me on to this. It's by the band uh, Hardy. Hardy? I guys? like Hardy. Or this guy? Yeah, I like him. Yeah. This is what you would like, you would call, you know, like bro country, right? Yes. <laughs> Which has yeah, a like certain stigma to it. Or at least that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the way bro, that I yeah. see it. But but somebody turned me on to this song called Boy from the South, right? So like this is a this is a bro country song. If that's not your thing, that's cool. Generally speaking, it's not my favorite type of music but i just wanted to point this out because i thought the lyrics were like i thought the song was kind of funny and i also thought that like the lyrics were i could see like a lot of people relating to them yes. in a strong way and there's just a lot of visuals so like i just want to i just want to read the chorus here okay so uh song's called boy from the south so it's the lyrics are hey he's in every little podunk square which i had to look look up what yeah, that I don't means know what that it apparently is. just means small town it just means small town. Yeah. Rocking that 5950 hat hair, which is like a brand of hats, right? So, like, if you have a hat that's from 5950, you're going to be like, that's me. They're yep. talking about me, right? And then they go on. I'm talking down home brother, country girl on his arm, barbed wire on the other, right? So, like, the barbed wire tattoo, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is kind of like tongue-in-cheek at this point, right? Because yep. it's just like, it's, it's kind of... But that's writing real. You know what I mean? But there, yeah, there's like a lot of guys that have that, right? You're describing yeah. somebody. Also, too, I and like a lot of people that. would would relate to that or whatever. Because I don't. Yeah, he mentioned saying he mentioned saying about like dipping. Like he mentioned saying, but not in that song, but in another song. I didn't think he calls it dip. But oh like yeah, char or something like that. And it has something to do with chewing yeah. tobacco. And I fucking don't. I, like none of us chew. I don't know anybody who chews tobacco. But like those guys yeah. do from the fucking south. You know, like so if I'm trying to make yeah. like a song for those guys. <laughs> He's going to do a way fucking better job because yeah. he's a better writer. But also, too, he's, like, lived it. So it, like, goes back to your writing real thing. Yeah. That's a really that's – a that's a great example. I guess so. Out. Yeah, I just – I mean, it's not – like, we're not talking about, you know, one of the greatest songs ever written here. It's just when yeah. I heard this tune, I was, like – I was feeling it yeah. for whatever like reason, you know. It's one I of do. those – it's in a genre where it would have been very easy for me to just be like, this is dumb. Yep. But I was listening to it. One of, the, one of my friends showed it to me, and I was like, "I was like, yeah, I'm, feel, I'm, I'm actually feeling the song, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not this, I'm not this person at all." But like, so like the next lyric is like, um, "Couple of deer hanging over his couch." Like a lot of people would not like that because sure, hunting sure. and stuff. But yeah, but that's you know, a thing from that's that. A, that's a yeah. big part of you know that's a big part of the culture. Yes. Uh, you know, in the South. And if you go over to your buddy's place, they're going to have, you know, maybe a, a trophy buck on the wall or something. The, and, I, and the reason I'm bringing this up is just to say that there's all these visuals that people can relate to in a very direct Without way. Going, I grew you know? up in a small town. I have a tattoo. I like to hunt. Yeah. He just like said it way cooler. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and in a way that that makes it visual. So yeah. Anyways, I think we've I think we've Nip. hit this point hard yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one other thing I had is, and this is this is something I'm almost hesitant to to bring up because, um, you did say sort of that theory. You did point out that music theory and songwriting do kind of butt heads a little bit, yeah. where you sort of you know a set of theoretical rules in music, and then you don't want to break them in your songs. But I think there is some amount of usefulness to understanding chord function and this is something that i would recommend if people are interested in this they sort of yeah. google and check out i don't want to spend an entire um podcast episode explaining everything but basically um understanding what your primary chords are in your key so the one four and five and understanding that those um each one of those one four and five chords actually has a family of chords that belong to its quote-unquote function. So, for example, the one chord has a similar function to the six and the three. Sure. The four chord has a similar function to the two. The five chord is kind of in a league of its own, but there's a couple of other variations that do a similar thing to it. And the three is actually kind of blended in with the five in a in a weird way. But just understanding what what that means, like that the one chord is sort of the home place of the song, that the four chord is, is what people call having some motion and the five chord is what people would have having like a lot of motion where mm. it really wants to pull towards um, back to that one. And that matters I think for it's more like a, a really styles cool, of music, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a, just a cool sort of uh, world to explore and, and, and to understand sort of what that's all about you know, is that going to turn you from like a person who doesn't know anything about songwriting to a great songwriter? No. Yeah. Is it going to get you from like, you know, the, the you know a couple of extra percentile and sort of your musical skill? Yeah, it's just a cool thing to know about, and I think it'll inform some decisions for you. But with the caveat that like, be careful not to put too much stock in the theoretical side because I think it can really sort of hamper the uh, the creative side of things. Mm, that makes sense. That's what I got. That's all That's I got. got. I mean, that, that makes Those sense. Those are my songwriting tips. Um, with the the music theory thing, like I feel like it's it's one of those things where if you're running out of stuff to do, like if you have G, C, and D and you write a bunch of songs with that, it's like, like the thing you said, oh, I'll play on another instrument. It's like, well, why don't you learn a little bit of chord function? Maybe you'll you know, learn a new thing to do with chords and then you'll start using that in your songs. You know what I mean? To mix it up a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't got nothing. If, if you weren't here, this episode would not exist. I am not a songwriter. (laughs) I'm working on it though. Yeah. Purely for self. I think another thing too is, is like, I think another, on that note that you just said there is, is try to learn a bunch of songs too. If you're an instrumentalist, like learning new songs and discovering new chords and being like, Oh wow. Like they do this and that leads into this and that sounds really cool. And then like take that little two chord move and try to make it into your own thing. You know, try to, Mm. try to try it out on one of your songs and see, you know, if you, if you steal like 1% of someone else's song, they can't sue you, you know? So like just, (laughs) just take take little bits from everybody uh and that that seems to work out pretty well as as well (laughs) story checks out so let us know uh 
if you want to reach out just via, via email or just in the comments uh, on on this this podcast, like, let us know what you're doing songwriting wise. If you find any of this to be true that I'm saying, or or if you disagree with some of the stuff that we said here, let us know. Uh, we'd love to discuss it with you on and Instagram. So we thank you very much for listening to this one. Yeah, on the Instagram would be a good spot to yeah. do that, wouldn't it? At Music it. Guy Podcast. Music Guy Podcast on Facebook. MusicGuyPodcast.com for all the past episodes. Uh, once again, we do have that Patreon page. If you'd like to support the show, if you if you like what we're doing here uh, and you want to help us keep on going, we would very much appreciate your support. That's Patreon.com slash Podcast. We thank you for going and checking that out. And uh, you can reach me online. Uh, on social media at Alro Music on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, a bunch of other places probably. And if you need somebody to help you mix your next tune or uh, maybe produce a song from scratch or record a little bit of acoustic guitar or electric guitar on your song uh, uh, or backup vocals maybe, I'd be, I would love to do any of that stuff. So, so uh, feel free to hit me up. Uh, Michael is at Bruno the Meek on Instagram if you need some sweet sound design maybe some loops or some um synthesizer stuff on your next project some obviously some great guitar playing words of affirmation some great slide guitar playing lap steel anything like that uh mike's a great guy to work with and and he would uh he would love to help you out and uh lessons as well you know we're both we're both teaching yeah and uh all online these days so that's where you can reach us uh if you just want to say hey or interest in in any of the above uh, and that's going to do it for this one. I, 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 we, we'll be seeing y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to submit an original song for our song of the week, you could do so by emailing us musicguypodcast at gmail.com or connecting with Mike or myself on Facebook. We like to feature a new original song from a Canadian artist every week on the show. This week's song comes to us from our friends at The Crease Rule, the Toronto rock band. Friend of the show, Kyle Homan, who was on a few episodes ago. This song is called THPS2. For those of you uh, in the know who grew up uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, pretty awesome video game. The band is sounding huge as usual. Kyle's vocals sounding awesome. Uh, we hope you enjoy it, and there's a little bit of a Jurassic Park thing maybe going on at the end, too, so stay tuned for that. And thanks, as always, for listening. Here is THPS2 by The Crease Rule. When the XFB with a pile of shit in a box near the sliding door Couldn't help but see the mistake she made staring up at me from the floor